station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Movie Martina, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And we are joined once again by our James Bond movie, I'm going to say wine cooler, <laughs> Chris Vanderkamp. Hello! That's right. Chris is our official noob for the entire James Bond run that we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Well, the James Bond movies yeah. of the James Bond run. Yeah. Because uh, from what we can figure out, she's seen like one Quantum of Solace, I have yeah. seen. You've seen Quantum and, of Solace, and, and so that's not the movie we'll be watching when we get to that James Bond. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, because the movie, there are so many other better movies. <laughs> there, there are so many better movies. So, I got dragged to Quantum of Solace on a very, very bad date. Yeah. Mm. The date was awkward. The movie was awkward. It was just all just bad. Bad noise. So, <laughs> so bad memories of Quantum of Solace. And we will talk about it no more because that's not the movie we're watching today. Yay! Yay! We are watching Yay! On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So, with that, Chris, tell us what you know about On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay, so I know that this is the only Bond film that George Lazenby did. Yes. yes. He backed out of his contract. Uh, or... We'll get to that later. Okay, so that's what I know. That's okay, it. all right, awesome. So half of what I know is wrong. The only Bond film featuring George Lazenby as James Bond. Very true. Or yes. anything else. I don't think he showed up as some other character in a later James Bond film. So no, far as, no. Yeah, they've never done like a like a cameos of former Bonds, and you know maybe maybe someday that'll happen, but. But oh man, that'd be awesome! Like, it would be yeah, awesome. like Doctor Who, like the Five Bonds. It would be awesome, Ooh. and and they're all still alive, so yeah. it could happen. I, I but, Roger Moore and both Roger Moore and Sean Connery are kind of out of making movies these days. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe we're running out of time. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that is neither here nor there. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is indeed the first film made with an actor not Sean Connery. And in not the counting James... Casino Royale or Casino Royale. Yeah, well, yeah, we don't... Cause he, yeah, anyway, <laughs> of the Eon of, of the Of the canonical, shall we say, yeah, okay, James fair. Bond films. Fair. This is the first one to not feature... Uh, Sean Connery in the lead role. So, I mean, what it is is it's a it's a, their attempt to establish that the franchise can move on without their lead actor. And well, and partially because they didn't want to pay Mr. Connery an astronomical sum of money anymore. So they uh, kind of went, "Well, we can do without you." And he said, "Fine." And they said, "Fine." And we'll get this uh, uh, this Australian over here, and they, they grabbed George Lazenby. <laughs> really hadn't done much in terms of acting at all. <laughs> Wait, what year is this was, me? This was 1969. Okay. And, but he was tall and he looked like he could really punch somebody because he could really punch somebody, you know. Well, like he bar was brawls. Australian. Being being yeah. Australian, bar brawls were not a stranger to him. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that that's the guy that they got to replace Sean Connery. So that's the guy that got to replace Sean Connery in On Her Majesty's mm -hmm. Secret Service. You know what? I'm totally okay with uh, unknown Australians who get hired because they look like they can punch somebody. Because that's how Gibson made his mark. I mean, Mel Gibson uh, and kind Hugh of, Jackman. I and mean, Hugh Jackman, Jackman indeed. Definitely, definitely got a lot of a lot of juice. 
out of being an Australian who looked like he could punch somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was but, what I was referring to. Yeah. But literally, Mel Gibson did walk into his audition for Mad Max or having just come out of a bar brawl and having bruises on his face. Note to self, get in more bar brawls. So yes. I, guess, I guess we understand we what, what what's happened with Mel Gibson later already. Yeah. But that's still not what this is about. So we're going to stay pretty spoiler free. We've, we've talked yeah. about the fact that this is George Lazenby. I mean, if you are a Bond fan or if you've watched any Bond films, you have a pretty decent idea, um, at least, the, of the, the framework of what we're about to watch. I mean, Goldfinger mm-hmm. is the movie that, that kind of codified everything, and they're not going to stray too far from that that basic structure in any Bond film to follow. So there's no yeah. template for yeah. Yeah. Bond. By the time they got to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, there have been two more Bond films between this movie and Goldfinger. So, mm-hmm. so And uh, a total of five of them. So this is the sixth right. Eon Bond film. Right. So uh, with that, we will go watch yes. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and then we will return to discuss George Lazenby and other things. About the film. Oh, and many, many <laughs> more things because there are many more things to discuss. Yeah, the, because there's, I will say, I really, I really do love this movie. <laughs> and some of the things we discuss may even be about the film. Yeah, well, a, there a, will be. There's oh, a there will chance. Be. There's a lot, uh, a lot about this movie to love and some not so much. But we'll get to that later. Please, indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that later. We'll uh, we'll, this. <laughs> we'll invite all of you to go watch the film as well. Yes, we hope you enjoy it. We'll be back on the other us other side. We are back. Many Alps have been skied. Many suits have been rocked. Uh, many punches have been thrown by Australians who are good at throwing punches. Yes. Uh, and we have watched Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So, Chris, this is your first time watching Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Please do us the honor of telling us what you thought of the film. Oh, my God. So much skiing. Yes. <laughs> like, did they go over all of the Alps or just, like, 90% of them? Because it, it, will, really not, it like... will not be the last time skiing is featured in a yeah, Bond film. But it, I believe it is the first. Yes. Because uh, this is when they went... Oh, skiing! Let's do a lot of skiing. Yeah, and Ro- then, let's then, do then for the skiing. Roger Moore era, skiing just became just huge. Yeah, I don't know if I, I, we I, haven't we haven't decided which Roger Moore we're watching yet, and yet I don't know how we'll avoid skiing. Yeah, it, uh, it's it. Well, skiing was kind of a big thing at the time because I I remember. Well, I don't remember, but when my mom was growing up, you know, skiing was the big thing, and uh, like. <laughs> She she spent a couple years as a snow bunny, and, but that that kind of was what happened in the seventies, I, I suppose, and uh, yeah, it was just a big thing. So yeah. so yeah. yeah, so 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 please go on. The the entirety of the Alps have been skied. Yes, all of them. Yeah, um, and there was a lot because we flew over them for quite some time. We yeah. did. There was a lot of snow in this film. This yes, heavy, um, heavy snow film. So. Other thoughts. Um, George Lazenby really rocked the suit. Oh, God. Loved the rocking of the suit. Mm -hmm. I even thought that the rocking of the suit was better than Connery's. Yes. Fair. Very fair. Um, You know, I I have a huge appreciation for a guy who can rock a three-piece suit. Mm -hmm. And and Lazenby did it. Yes. Um, Yes. And whoever the costumer was clearly knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, also, appreciation for the kilt. So <laughs> that was a nice moment. Yeah, that, was, that was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And, and um, maybe not so much for the ruffles. Yeah, no, Again, that, I that, that's very sixty. Uh, I wanted to give a shirt a haircut. Yeah. Again, I do not believe it's the last time Bond is featured in a kilt. I believe um, you are correct, sir. Yeah, Did so. Connery ever wear a kilt? I don't think uh, so. Is Bond? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so, but... Now anyway. I'm trying to think of which one it would be. No. I, f- I feel like Brosnan had a kilt on at some point. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe I, it's just a pipe dream. That yeah, that's surprised. the sort of Ooh, thing okay. Brosnan would yeah. have done. Oh. Mm. Anyway. Okay, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. <laughs> Brosnan and a kill. <laughs> yeah, mm, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Me, uh, Wait, yeah. He, he does rock a suit. Yes, it, as he, as a former male model. Yes. Ooh, yes. he was a male model. He was a male model. I didn't know Actually, that. Actually, he was a car salesman and a male model. <laughs> Ooh, is that trivia? <laughs> that is absolutely trivia. Yay. George Lazenby, uh, as a male model, had done a couple commercials, but that was like the extent of his acting career but when um when basically connery turned down the role of james bond for and his majesty on her majesty's secret service uh the casting call went out and um lazenby heard about it and decided he wanted the role so he he picked up one of connery's suits that had not been claimed (laughs) and he had his hair done like connery's and I think he borrowed a Rolex from somebody. And he bluffed his way into the offices of the, <laughs> of the producers. Well, okay. Then. And completely fabricated a list of credits. <coughs> and uh, got a screen test. And so he goes into the screen test with Peter Hunt, the director. And he he admits that it's like I, I don't know the first thing about acting. I just bluffed my way into this. And and Peter had said you just bluffed your way past the broccolis. You're hired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So basically, you're James Bond. Yeah. All right. Fair. Yeah. And so they did do a screen test, and the uh, stunt coordinator uh, had one of the stunt guys go in to do the screen test with Lazenby, and. The, the guy who was the stunt guy in the screen test was the guy who was the guard. Like, the, the guard who takes his coat at the, uh, at the um, Peace Gloria. Um, Another interesting piece of trivia, the reason the guard takes his coat is because that's after he broke his arm and yeah. he couldn't actually take it off himself. Yeah, he couldn't actually <laughs> remove his own coat. So that guard, that guy was a Russian wrestler that was doing stunt work. And Lazenby, having never been an actor before, also didn't know how to stage fight. So uh, Lazenby actually broke his nose. Broke the nose. The stunt coordinator, not his own nose. I was going to say, wait, we were talking about him breaking his arm while skiing. While skiing that he was not supposed to do. But anyway, that's that's later. So he he broke the nose of the, uh, the, the Russian stunt guy and he was hired. So, yeah, he could throw a punch, probably not pull them as he should with people. <laughs> Australian <laughs> brawlers, for the win. Yeah, yeah. So, so there yeah, you go. That's yeah, how George Lazenby became James Bond, yeah. if only briefly. If only briefly. And, um, uh, yeah, it, he, he was like 29 years old. So he's the youngest of the people who have been hired as James Bond. 
And as a 29-year-old and as a guy in the late 60s who was just hired to be James fucking Bond, uh, he became a cocky little asshole. I was going to say, did he basically just fuck everything? I do believe he tried. Like, literally everything? I'm pretty sure he he did his best. Because if I was a 29-year-old that had just bluffed my way into playing James Bond and gotten hired... I would probably try and literally fuck everything. Yeah, you'd probably celebrate for like two years running, you know, just like nonstop. So, so yeah, with he, your penis, with your penis, yeah. yes. And uh, did we mention that this podcast is not a PG podcast? I don't know if we've ever officially said I that. Think, but I, I, I certainly anyway. swear every once in a while. I we mean, do. Tim, with, with how long we've known each other, I feel like you would have told me if if I needed. No, I wasn't to. mentioning it to you. I was mentioning it to our listeners, ah. yeah, just in case they weren't aware by now. We occasionally swear, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And talk about Bond actors fucking all the actresses in London. Yeah, we haven't uh, discussed uh, Oliver Reed yet, and we need to. We need to watch. We need to do a Three Four Musketeers. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that. Okay, so anyway, back to Lays in Peace. So he was a cocky little asshole, and um, he, even though he wound up signing a seven-picture deal to be James Bond, um, wait a minute, he decided. By the end of this experience, he didn't really want to be James Bond, and he like grew out his hair and grew out a beard, and uh, started saying rude things in the media, and then pissed off the producers, and so, uh, and the producers really didn't like him being a cocky little asshole, and so they said goodbye to each other before the premiere of the movie. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yes, even you- even though this this movie is like. Cons- often considered, like, the flop of the, uh, at least of the early range of James Bond films. It actually did really, really well. It was, like, $87 million take in 1969, which is impressive. It just didn't top the Connery Bond films, Mm. which were extraordinary moneymakers. But this was, like, still the second highest earning movie of the year, something like that. So it was uh, still admirable. Nice. Yeah, it yeah. D- it did the job that it was expected to do. Yeah. The problem I think with Lazenby, and before we go on to talking about other things about the film, mm-hmm. the problem with Lazenby is he's not particularly compelling as an actor. No, no, uh, no. And and that's that's what really I think killed it for Lazenby more than anything else. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's why they decided not to do it. Somebody being a shitty actor has never stopped uh, Hollywood <laughs> from casting them. Otherwise, Shia LaBeouf would never have made more than one film. Um, but uh, but Lazenby, you know... I, I, we can get into this about LaBeouf another time. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but Lazenby uh, is notable in that... He is probably the reason that On Her Majesty's Secret Service is not considered the best. If bond not bond. one of the best, if not the best bond, certainly the top three, probably. Yeah. Um, in a long and storied tradition of films, because you have Diana Rigg, who is exceptional. You have Telly Savalas as Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this wonderfully wacky uh, plot. Yeah. <laughs> Blofeld. Which- which is actually this is like the most faithful adaptation of a Bond book ever done. Like this is the plot of this movie actually follows the novel, which is 
really kind of a strange thing in the Bond franchise because they've done things like, uh, we've got this name that kind of comes up in a story over here that was once published by Ian Fleming. We'll use that as a title and, and like tack on a couple things that happen in one of these short stories and make up the rest. Yeah. There's your movie. Now they're just pulling random words from yeah. Ian Fleming novels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this actually follows the book, <laughs> which yeah. is weird. Let's try something different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an odd duck in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. I really really enjoy it. Like the action set pieces, I really love. I I, I love the stock car race on ice. I love <laughs> the bobsleds. Mm-hmm. I love the bizarro seeing the skiing sequences. So many of them. So I love, much freaking skiing. I love the the mountaintop lair that gets bombed by helicopters and. I love all this stuff. Bluffing the Swiss Swiss army to, to get in there to attack the, yes. the, the, the villain's lair. Yes. So like, here is something that I noticed was that there was not as much gadgetry mm-mm. as I had expected. In fact, Q is at the beginning and the end of the film and we really don't see any gadgets other than that. Yeah. We we see like some of the, the, the random like the bomb timer, but that's not even I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a prop. A, that's that's not a bomb. Really, yeah. yeah. Bond is not using really anything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I found that um, noticeable. I missed the gadgets. Except his wits and his kilt. And yes. his penis. And his and penis. His penis. <laughs> There's no question Bond utilizes the penis. I mean, how many girls money. was it this film? I lost. He had a harem. He had a full-on Harem yeah, literally, going. harem. Yeah, it's like, I'll sketch you. At but he only had. How about he nine only got to have sex with two of them. So. Three? Maybe. Was it three? I well, I'm it was counting only... Tracy in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Tracy counts. Yeah. Clearly. Um, yeah, but no, out of the harem, it was only two. Yeah. Because you know, he didn't have all the time in the world. <laughs> oh. Uh. And speaking of that. Bond is not the kind of guy who gets married. I mean, it he's is, just well, not. It is the downer <laughs> well, of an ending. It is the downer of an ending. Well, it was originally supposed to be that the um, shooting up the car and having uh, Tracy die was supposed to happen at the beginning of Diamonds Are Forever. But when Lazenby was scrapped. Um, <laughs> they decided off. they decided they couldn't do that, so they brought that onto the end of this movie and ended that storyline and then Diamonds Are Forever kind of starts clean with and, Roger Moore. And it is, uh, and there's there's some actual nice payback for it and we're yes. not going to watch, I, I don't think the George, the, the Roger Moore film will watch this for your eyes only, although it's one of the better ones and I think, yeah. I think the main reason we won't watch it is because actually a huge chunk of For Your Eyes Only takes place in one of the cities that hosted the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bobsledding scene and a oh. skiing scene and a and and so it's just like... It's like even more winter sports. <laughs> I feel like since Roger Moore is our next stop that that's just the wrong choice. Um, but at the very beginning of that film, they pay off this... this uh, murder of his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I do really love Oh, it's an excellent, excellent movie. Really uh, in in the in the Roger Moore mm-hmm. series, it is the least characteristic of the Roger Moore films, and mm-hmm. possibly 
Well, certainly one of the best. Yeah, um, it, it usually when they get a new Bond, it takes them a couple films to figure out how to best use them. Mm-hmm. And, and so Roger Moore settles in a couple films in, and then he's great, well, and then he's there for two more. We're going to have to have this conversation, conversation because I honestly think one, his first movie is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Roger okay, Moore that's movie. fair. That's fair. So, but anyway, that's but that's, that's, future that's, that's Roger Moore. Yes, um, going back to but, the uh, but land. We're talking more about the Bond, the Bond storyline, and the fact that this film ends, and it takes them several films <laughs> to come back to it. Mm-hmm. But at least one other film they mention that Bond has been married, and mm-hmm. he does not respond to the conversation particularly well. Yeah. Um, and it's well, it's, having your wife shot literally on your wedding day probably doesn't leave a good impression. No. Just gonna say that. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't handle it as well no. as one might think. And and it's and and when the that wife is Diana Rigg, it's like yeah, that's the woman who Bond would marry. Really? Cause, yeah. Because you know you watch her. You know, first of all, Diana Rigg is amazing, but uh, her, the character Tracy is great because you know she gets in trouble, she breaks a bottle and starts yeah. gunning people. You know, it's like she does. She, she's she's the one driving, no problem. She's a countess, and she can judo chop her way out of a fight. Yeah. that's great. And she can, <laughs> she can she can drive on ice. Yeah, yes. and, and, and race beat on ice. the dudes that are actual racers. Yes. I mean, she had a better car. Yes. Well, it was a convertible. I don't know what it. Anyway, (laughs) and she has a very nice fur coat. Very nice fur coat. That was a nice coat. Well, it's the '60s. Fur coats are okay. Um, yeah. Sorry, but not for our much listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that film had been made a couple of years later, somebody would have thrown paint on her. It's yes. just it would have happened. Yes, it's true. But uh, so yeah, I mean, Diana Rigg is great, and again, she is a Bond girl that you can believe James Bond would propose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you I'd know? buy that. Yeah, because she's freaking Emma Peel. <laughs> <laughs> Which continues the Avengers connection yes. that we discussed in Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, lots Anna of Blackman, Avengers people. Mm-hmm. Diana Rigg. And then there's another person who's going to be in Avengers later. Oh, yeah. In this movie. Much later. Yeah. So, and, uh, what's yeah. her name? Uh, she's one of the harem. Uh, Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley, yes. But, but, I mean, much, much later, you know, Ray Fiennes appears in... And he w- in in the Bond franchise, and of course he was in the atrocious 1990s Avengers movie. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. That's, no, no, we won't. Except this is the Except second this. time we brought it up. But yeah, um, <laughs> because Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. <laughs> but Joanna Lumley, yes, she. This was one of her first film roles, and so she was she was cast, and um, she promptly kind of took over because <laughs> she she. Um, she appears as as the Bond girl. Uh, she wound up dubbing the voices of almost all the other girls in those scenes. Oh like, my gosh! And really? and she taught all of them how to crochet. And they were so into crocheting that most of the girls wouldn't go to the cast parties. You know, they just you know crochet together. They'd have crochet. <laughs> They'd, They'd have, have crochet, crochet parties. cast parties. And of course, when you have the chance to do a crochet party with Twin Lumley. You are partying with the crochet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's, that is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love Joanna Lumley so much. So much. Um, so the, so uh, the, one of the other things that I noticed was that the, the with all of the freaking skiing, um, 
the the pace of this film seemed a little bit slower. Yeah, than yeah, Gold it takes turn. It mm-hmm. started out almost identically, mm-hmm. like. Bond is with girl. Bond gets into a fight. Bond bangs girl on lawn chair. Yes. It's like, we're we're following a formula here. Uh, But then I found like the, I I thought that the pace was much slower than Goldfinger. Like, I'm sorry, I started yawning through some of the skiing scenes. That's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of it. Yeah, and I I think part of it is, George Lazenby's boring. (laughs) That's true. He rocks a suit, but rocks little else. Yeah, um, when, when the movie is two and a half hours long, it is. It like, is. And, it was and your core until actor. recently the longest yeah. Bond film. I think it was. It was Skyfall. Was it Spectre or it was Skyfall? I, I think it was Skyfall. Or it was like Spectre. two minutes longer. Yeah. But I, for a very long time, longest Bond <laughs> film, and it does feel a little yeah, long. It, it I could have done with ten fewer minutes of skiing. That's about right. Well, and there's a really long courtship thing that's going on between. Yeah, but but you've got Diana Rigg kind of yeah. leading those scenes, and that's okay. That's fine. And then yeah. you know she she shows up in that bolero thing with a with a riding crop, and it's like, oh, this is on. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're doing this. Yeah. Do, 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 do. It's anyway, like yes, um, of course he'd propose to this woman. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Note to woman. self: If want to marry James Bond, get riding crop. That's right. <laughs> and. Look more like Diana Rigg, uh, or or not? Maybe that's not an absolute requirement. Act more like Diana Rigg. Perhaps, maybe, maybe. Note to self: Who is break more bottles and shove them in people's faces? Yes, yes. But there, I mean, there are other things about this th- this movie that are that are uh, unfamiliar from a Bond perspective. There is no mission. I mean, there mm-hmm. is a mission, but the mission is super unclear. Yeah. And maybe that's what slowed down the pacing for me. It was like, I, I wasn't yeah. sure what the, is is the end goal, what is the what is the point of this film? Is mm-hmm. it this Bloomfield dude? Is it his relationship with Tracy? Mm-hmm. It's kind of nebulous as oh, to yeah. where yeah. we're trying to go. That is uh, absolutely true. Yes. That is absolutely true, and I think it is one of the things that makes this film, you know, as yeah. much as it contains many of the Bond uh, tropes, it, it doesn't have some of them that you're expecting. There's yeah. no gadgets! And, and, and the villains are still around at the end of the film, yeah. and it ends on a downer. It, yeah, it's yeah. very Yeah, it's a, a super depressing end. Evil yeah. wins. Evil, yeah. yeah. yeah Bond, totally. Bond kept them from sterilizing the planet at the cost of his wife. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of his job if he's part of the Secret Service, to mm-hmm. be honest. But he's going to give up his job. <sighs> yeah. But now he's not going to. Now he's going to go on being 007 forever. He's going to have a big fucking chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's and that. Yeah. Take it out on the rest of the world. And the, um, before we get into a little more of the trivia, and we've done, a, done peppered some of it, notably... Lazenby leaves mm-hmm. uh, the Bond franchise here. He's he's only in for the one film, and they actually went back to Connery. So Connery yeah. makes another Bond film. Mm-hmm. Oh. Diamonds are forever, yeah. which is not great, um, but it is better if you watch Die Another Day, which is essentially the same movie only 
atrociously bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diane and then, of the Day is Pierce Brosnan? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a Pierce Brosnan film that is horrible, uh, and it makes Diamonds Are Forever seem better. <laughs> it also has a really, really crappy theme song because it. I, I've never. I've not seen Die Another Day, but I heard that freaking theme oh, song on yeah. the radio. I guess I'll die. Yeah. The. Another Whereas day. Diamonds Are Forever is one of the greatest. Well, is that another Shirley Bassey one? It's another yeah, Shirley Bassey one. I mean, but, but none of them, as much as I love Shirley Bassey and as much as I love the Goldfinger theme, um, I really, really love the Honor Majesty's Secret Service theme, even though it doesn't have any lyrics whatsoever. That totally badass. Instrumental, which they use in future films. Yes, they're like, but it's well, shit, this works. Yeah, that I, although, that was very classic. I I recognized that. Although I think, and I this is me is th- maybe this is just me. I like that theme, but there were times where it was used that I felt it was inappropriate, like in the skiing scene where they're skiing. <laughs> Which one? But the first one, and they're playing that song, that music over it, and the music is not as driving and active as like the Bond theme. Mm-hmm. So it slows the scene down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because it contrasts with the action that's on the screen. That isn't a criticism of the music, but rather a criticism of the way the music was used. Right. Um, that that was the, that they're like, well, I guess we don't want it. We want to save the James Bond theme until later, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and then, and here we'll, we'll use the theme that we've got written for the movie without really thinking about how when you put it over a really fast-paced or theoretically fast-paced action scene, it actually can psychologically slow the scene down. Right, right. Um, so, uh, Melissa, what what trivia have, do, do you feel needs to be shared oh, with our listening public <laughs> about Honor Majesty's Secret Service, aside from that that we've already shared? One of the funny things about, you know, the casting call that went out... Um, Somebody they did try to get for Bond before they before Lazenby bluffed his way into the offices, Timothy Dalton at age twenty two. Oh my God! He they offered like to, he was ten. <laughs> yes, he was. He was a youngin, and uh, I believe he turned it down because he's like, "There's no way <laughs> that anybody would buy me as as Bond at this age." And of course, you know, much much later, he he did wind up taking the role and. Uh, I, I like Dalton. He's my Bond. Um, it's like having your doctor. Yeah, it's like having your doctor. It's like my first Bond. Uh, <laughs> you never forget your first Bond. I really never do. Um, Adam West was <laughs> offered the. That part. would have been the weirdest. That would have been Seriously, so strange. I just Person I Lazenby. Yeah. That would have been so strange with Batman. I can see Bond. <laughs> Throwing a grappling hook up to the top of a building, and then he's walking up the side of the building. Clearly a camera turned on an ankle. (laughs) They're just like, well, you know, he already knows how to do this. We don't have to teach him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. any any advanced climbing technique. You guys, I got this. Yeah. (laughs) Then Blofeld opens a window and sticks his head out. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bond, I see you're climbing a wall. Oh, God. Bond would have been running, like at the end of this film with that grenade and the bobsled, Bond would have been running around with a grenade trying to throw it, but every time he tried to throw it, there was a, a bunch of baby ducks and, and a yes. school, some school <laughs> children. Sometimes you just can't get, get rid, rid of a grenade. And it would have been great. It would have been great. 
Okay, so <laughs> Although I do love that Blofeld just happens to have a grenade on him during the bobsled race. Oh, sure. I just, Why I'm would just you saying, not? Just Why saying. would you not? Why do, wait, you don't have a grenade on you right not now? Not right now. I just love two people on bobsleds trying to shoot each other. That's like, of course, of course they are going to miss. Of course this is the worst gunfight idea ever. <laughs> not, not for the filmmakers. I'm saying for these two dudes, these characters, yes. making the decision to have a gunfight on bobsleds. There's no just, point either one of them goes, I should save my ammunition. For later, for, for not, later, when, not on when I have a chance of hitting him. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Just. <laughs> yeah. Also, the marksmanship in this film. Yeah. It has problems. Considering, I mean, I guess okay. So if you're you're trying to shoot somebody while you're on a bobsled or while you're skiing. They have Olympic events for that sort of thing. <laughs> and the people that shoot in the Olympics stop and shoot, shoot. and, and start skiing, skiing again. Yeah. But these guys... By the way, I mean, in For Your Eyes Only, there is also biathlon. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like we're going to be watching For Your Eyes Only? Anyway, Love with more skiing. So, so I was... Um, we could just choose it by the best uh, by the best theme song. I categorized <laughs> the, the marksmanship in this, in this film, especially during the skiing scenes, scenes, scenes. as... Um, as worse than stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, but you know, you got to admit, Bond doesn't actually shoot anybody either. Mm-hmm. It's kind he of just punches people. It's kind of by pure luck that his wife gets shot in the head at the end of the film. Yeah, they weren't aiming for her. Yeah, they were aiming for him. Mm-hmm. Missed him completely. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the more tragic. Yeah. All the more tragic. All right. What else do we have for trivia? Oh, let's see. Um, the the awesome mountaintop lair uh, was under construction at the time, and it's uh, it's still in existence. It's it's on Munch uh, Schlitter, Schlitterhorn, something like that. Something blah, 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 blah. kind of kind of rude sounding in Swiss. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it was. It, like the world's first mountaintop rotating restaurant, but it was being constructed at the time, so the filmmakers offered, you know, whatever huge amount of money they offered the owners to be able to shoot up there. And so um, the place wound up being named after what they called it in the movie. And if you go there now, they have, you know, of course, TV is showing the movie on an endless loop because there's so many skiing scenes. And... Um, <laughs> Really, they just need to show people skiing, and people would think it was this movie. Yeah, because there's so much skiing. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert Byron Burnett, who directed Free Enterprise, uh, I believe had his honeymoon there. (laughs) While skiing? (laughs) While skiing, probably. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, uh, so while the cast and crew were up there filming uh, for a while, because there was a lot of stuff going on in there, um, they were being paid in cash and so, of course, you know, George Lazenby being paid in cash gets like a suitcase full of money and um, Tully Savalas sees him walking with a suitcase full of money and goes, hmm, I want that. So he invites Lazenby to play poker. Okay. Now, Tully Savalas is a world-class poker player. Was, I should say. He passed away in the early 90s. But he, he like, qualified for world championships and would, like, finish in like the top 25 in the world that level poker player so of course you know inviting you know cocky ass little uh, george lazenby into a poker game cleaned him out <laughs> utterly 
<laughs> of course he did. So, yeah. And then apparently, like, a couple days later, Harry Saltzman showed up and said, don't you do that to the kid anymore, and, like, joined the poker game uh, against, uh, th- that night's poker game against uh, Savalas's wishes, and uh, proceeded to, like, win back money for <laughs> for Liz and B. See, Telly Savalas is a supervillain. Oh, he really is. He stole poor George Lazenby's money. He, he's Aww. one of the best, though. I mean... Uh, oh, he's a great Blofeld. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a Because he's, he's an active Blofeld, because he's not just sitting around doing jack-all. Yeah, he, you know? not once even, is he just sitting there petting a cat. I was going to say, even he when does he, have he, a he cat. does have... He does have a cat. He did. There was a scene where he was talking on the phone and petting the cat, yeah. I believe. But, but there, there are other Bond films where the majority of what Blofeld does is pet a cat. Mm. Mm. Mm, yes. Yeah. So yeah, the one immediately preceding this, you you only live twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, although although to be fair, Donald Pleasance. Donald awesome Pleasance was a fine Blofeld. But he, he's like I'd say when most people picture Blofeld, if they know Blofeld at all, they picture Donald Pleasance mm-hmm. because he's got the he's got the scar across his face and he's got the cat and the the he Mandarin is, collar. He, is, and he the, is the Doctor Evil. He is the doc. He is Doctor Evil. He is what what. Doctor Evil is yeah. based upon. I, mean, I figured that out just with yeah. the costume and the bald and the cat yes. and everything. Yes. But. So six six actors have played Blofeld. So you have Anthony Dawson in From Russia with Love. You got Don Pleasance, Telly Savalas. After this, we get Charles Gray, as in this man has no fucking neck. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Horror. Um, yes, he's Blofeld for for a movie. And then uh, Max von Sydow shows up in Never Say Never Again, which is not oh. canonical. Non-canonical. <laughs> that, that's a weird Max one. That's a, that's it a, is Max von Sydow. But it's a Bond film that's non-canonical, and we can get into that when yeah, we talk about the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then, and then of course, Spectre has Blofeld. And can, Christoph can we, Walls. It's Christoph Walls, yeah. We can, tell, we we like can, we can spoil it. We, we do like we Christoph like Walls. We like Walls, but we don't like Spectre. We don't like Spectre. Uh, and and Spectre, the, the problem with... Spectre is much like Quantum of Solace mm-hmm. in that it's just dull. Am I going to have to watch it while on a really awkward bad date? I don't mm, know. I, I hope not. But. That is not our problem. <laughs> you have been warned. You can say no. Okay. But the problem with yeah. Christoph Waltz playing Blofeld is I think he would have been so much more fun playing his own villain. Like, I feel like he's not Blofeld. He's such a good actor. It just it kind of seems like a waste to say yeah. you must play this archetype character. Yeah, that's I, already well, been... they basically said you remember what you did in Inglorious Bastards. That's that's why we cast you. So just do that again. Yeah, as um, Blofeld, which does not make which sense. doesn't fit. It's it's not Blofeld. Yeah. So and, and right. so so reeling it back in. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? Let's see. This is the uh, movie that has the first black. Uh, Bond girl, because mm. the, the Jamaican woman uh, in uh, that is in part the of the harem. harem. She doesn't have a name, but uh, no, no. Anyway. but she counts. No. She's in the credits. Yeah, uh, Sylvania. Does she count as a Does she count as a Bond girl if he doesn't bang her? Y- yes, a lot of times, yes. Okay, so if if they're like, if she's at least wanting over, if she wants to bang him, then then it counts. Yeah, yeah if okay. if if the lady was cast to be arm candy for the movie or the equivalent thereof. So he's going to run out of arm space with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, you know, he did run into scheduling problems at the at the resort. So yeah, I was actually I was quite impressed with his um, optimism of scheduling them an hour apart. Yeah, really, that was that. That's uh, really impressive. Yes, yes. Uh, let's but see. I don't know. It's the it's the sixties. It's, <laughs> it's kind of. Is it during it's the It's 10 love minutes revolution? and then 50 minutes to recover and then 10 minutes again. I well, no, what I'm trying, no, 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 what I'm trying to figure out is if he actually gives a crap about them enjoying themselves. <laughs> I, no, I can't imagine James. Well, you know, he must a little or... It's late 60s they wouldn't vibe, keep so. They wouldn't keep coming back, would they? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the general idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's I, there's not a lot care, of there's he, not a lot of information. Because if he cares <laughs> about them enjoying themselves, it's gonna take a little longer. It's true. All right, uh, Melissa. What else do you have that can get us off this subject? <laughs> 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 well, let's see. Uh, uh, Telly Savalas. Um, I, did we talk about Telly Savalas much when we did? Um, was it the we we did uh, the Dirty Dozen, right? We did do the Dirty yeah, Dozen, and I'm pretty sure we talked about Telly Savalas a little. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember if we spent a lot of time yeah. on Telly Savalas, and that was a while yeah. ago. And whoever's listening to this probably hasn't listened to the Dirty Dozen yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Savalas is a super interesting guy. He didn't start acting till he was like 37. Oh wow. He started. He had a bunch of weird, odd jobs, like he was a lifeguard for a while and all that. And uh, he did he got, sell used cars? He, Can we, do we have a laser connection? He might have actually, but. Um, he kind of came up in the the entertainment industry when he he became like an executive director for ABC News special events, and so like he got involved with the it wasn't the wide world of sports at that time it was named something else but he gave Howard Cosell his first job, huh. and then from there he eventually wound up getting into acting and so he just kind of instantly became this very sought after actor because of that certain type he had he has he has this intensity and and like when he's playing good guys he's very kind of likable in that kojak sort of fashion and then when he's playing bad guys which is about half the time he's just this great bad guy and like i said he was also a world-class poker player i believe he also did a lot of painting um Possibly of poker cards. We don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, we probably yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We probably could do an internet search and find many so of his the, paintings. Yeah. So basically the kind of person where you look at everything that they did and you're like, wow, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, he, he was kind of he was kind of a badass. He was really. a renaissance man. He was. He is the very model of a modern major general. Yeah, And he, and he, was, Bert, he was besties with uh, Burt Lancaster. Apparently. Of course he was. Oh, yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now Diana Rigg uh, is still around. And on Which Game of Thrones. Awesome. And she is on Game of Thrones. She started acting, I believe, in the mid-50s. By 1959, she was part of the Royal Shakespeare Company. She Shakespearean actress, uh, uh, well-regarded, eventually you know, won many, many awards on the stage. Um, she joined the cast of The Avengers in 1965 and was there for three seasons, in, in which... You know, she was dressed in the best mod 50, 60s fashion and uh, judo chopping her way out of fights because she was Emma Peel and she was awesome. And, uh, you know, of course, she had a long and storied career after this and had a lot of fun in genre stuff. Like, she was in Theater of Blood with Vincent Price, which I adore. Um, 
eventually she was uh, made dame, dame commander of the Order of the British Empire. So she is a dame... Diana dame Reagan. Diana Reagan, mm-hmm. yes. And let's see, what else? Uh, George Lazenby went on to uh, do a couple other movies, you know, like random Hong Kong films and uh, a whole bunch of Emmanuel movies, which is, if you... If you're 70 softcore porn, isn't 70, it? 70, uh, yeah, softcore, yeah. I believe. I've never seen one. Well, I haven't either. I'm just... <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, he looks good. Yeah, yeah, you know, when you, when you need a guy who looks good and can sometimes throw a punch, you know, Hong Kong and, and Emmanuel movies, I suppose, do well. And actually, you know what? If you see Bond documentaries, George Lazenby is a hoot to listen to. Because he's got all the stories and he'll dish. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, so when you when you watch the Bond films, he's the one that's like, eh, he's forgettable. But then when you watch a documentary, it's like he's the one I want to talk to. Because <laughs> because you give him a couple drinks, I bet he has the best stories. So if you want to take a Bond out for a beer, take out George Lazenby. Yes. Well, absolutely. they're all British. Well, he's Australian. He's Australian. But I mean, I would think any of them because they're British, you could take them out for a beer and they'd be happy with that. Oh, it's I'm just sure. yeah, not necessarily the best stories. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Um, as long as if, if if I get to take out Pierce Brosnan, he has to wear a kilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and then you'll like write your number on the inside of his thigh. Yes, yes. Perfectly. Wow, that was an amazing, amazing job. I love that when he walked out, he didn't smear it. Yeah. Well, that... he wanted to make sure he could read it later. <laughs> I know. He's clearly but... maintaining the thigh gap. Yeah, I the thigh gap. I don't know why it mattered what room he broke into. They all wanted to bang him. Did it really matter if <laughs> like, he found the he, right room? He could just start at one, one room and just work his way that down the hallway. Really, he's I mean, got, no, he's got written consent at that point. There's a certain <laughs> level of honorability. I'll give him that. <laughs> All right, we, uh, what do we have? Do we have any additional exciting uh, uh, trivia? We should probably be super, moving on to final thoughts shortly here. Super quick. Uh, Peter Hunt, the guy who directed this, was editor on Goldfinger and a couple of the other uh, Sean Connery Bond films. And he wound up doing second unit on the one immediately prior to this, which was You Only Live Twice. So um, he really, really wanted to actually direct You Only Live Twice, but he was turned down. But then he, I think he wound up... Uh, showing up in Japan at the right place in the right time, and Broccoli said, hey, you should do second unit direction on this, and gave him the job of second unit on that film, and so therefore, that's how he got to direct this movie. And since he wasn't editing this movie, um, the guy who came on to be editor was John Glenn, not the astronaut, but John <laughs> Glenn. And uh, he wound up going on to direct like three Roger Moore movies in both of the Dalton films. Huh. So, so. Cool. being an editor on a Bond film is a path to directing a Bond that film. Is, that seems to be a pattern. Okay, so uh, I think it's about time for final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Chris, why don't you give us your final thought about On Her Majesty's Secret Service? So much skiing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think right now is there's so much skiing. Well, no, I, so, so um, I liked Goldfinger better. Um, this one was a little bit slow-paced for me. Probably because Fair. of all the skiing. Fair. Um, 
super bummed that that Diana Riggs' character is dead because I would have really I would have loved to see her continue even if he didn't marry her. I mean, just having her as perennial Bond girl would have been pretty freaking awesome. I would have been all for that. Yeah, It'd be right. like the Nick and Nora Charles of James Bond. That would be great. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. So, but she's right? dead, so that's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like this was a, a good. This was a good thing to watch, and I'm really okay if I don't ever watch it again. Oh, there you go. All right, Melissa, final thoughts. So Ilsa Stepat, who was the woman who played the the burly uh, uh, henchwoman. Fräulein. 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 Fräulein, whatever. This was her first English role, and I think think she was awesome. I I just kind of love her. But unfortunately, after this role, this was the last movie she did. She passed away of a heart attack one week after release of the movie. Oh, that's wow. sad. Which is very, very sad. But it's like, I like Yersa. I, like I like her. Clearly. She's great. Yeah, her character clearly got copied for uh, for a later Austin pa- inclusion in Austin Powers films as well. Indeed. Yeah, she's yes. kind of iconic in her, <laughs> of herself, yes. Yeah, between between her and Rosa Klebb, you know, the, the really stoic um, older yeah, henchwoman from from Russia with love. From yeah, uh, Rosa Club from Russia with love with the with the knives in her boots and Ooh, boot yeah. knives. Boot knives. There need to be more boot knives. I have the boot general. knife. Mm-hmm. Check out my knife. It is in my boot. Yeah. <laughs> See how pointy it is. Oh, you are dead. <laughs> um. Uh, so my final thought. I just enjoyed. Uh, there's there. Are a few moments in this film that that are very much self-referential. The fact that the opening credit sequence ends with Bond saying that never would have happened to the other guy or something yeah. to the effect. Clearly a reference to the fact that they've recast yeah. the role, even mm-hmm. though they try to imply it's not. But he's looking straight at the camera. But also when he's like in his office, after he's offered his resignation, he's looking at some of these gadgets that have been featured in earlier Bond films. Mm-hmm. Uh, it w- I, I liked those moments. Um, yeah, it, it's this is it, the uh, the franchise kind of took the opportunity to get in jokey at this point, just because it's like, oh, okay, we're changing over to another actor. All right, game on. We can we can uh, break the fourth wall apparently. And uh, <laughs> well, and it so seems like yeah. the the franchises that do that they they enjoy that, and maybe it started yeah. with Bond because Doctor Who does that. Oh, indeed, it does. Or maybe it started with being English. I don't. I don't know. Capaldi's broken the fourth wall so often. It's he. It's, he's. He can't put it back together again. <laughs> it's like Humpty Dumpty in reverse. Well, when you get Peter Capaldi, what do you expect? You know, <laughs> apparently guitar. You expect a lot of guitar. <laughs> All right, so uh, once again, bringing us back on track. Uh, So we are going to, we are not going to follow George Lazenby, even though in the rest of our Bond franchise films, we are going to follow the actor who plays Bond into another film. But George Lazenby really didn't make anything else worth watching. Uh, (laughs) uh, Some could argue that in this film, he's not worth watching. You're not watching any of the porn? I I really don't want to watch the manual. We're not, no. I, I, I could probably make a case to watch Man from Hong Kong. But I, that's hard to track. I don't know if we've moment. done. Have we done a Hong Kong film yet? And if we have, I don't feel the first Hong Kong film should be a George Lazenby film. Right? Yeah. It's got to so be Enter the Dragon. So got, anyway, we've got some, we've got some <laughs> other choices. Yeah. Uh, however, 
Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually follow Money Penny. Mm-hmm. We're following Lois Maxwell, who played Money Penny in many of the Bond films, and we will see her again as we uh, enter the Roger Moore era. And uh, she is going to be in a film called The Haunting, which is an excellent 1960s horror film. So uh, we will be back with that one next time. And then, of course, Chris will return yes. to watch an as-yet-undecided Roger Moore film. Chris we'll- will return again in. <laughs> we don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. I feel so, like James Bond. <laughs> thank you for listening. And until next time. That's it. All right, bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Beep.